are listening to Pharmacy IT and Me, your informatics pharmacist podcast. Hi everyone, this is Tony Dow, and welcome to another episode of Last Week in Health IT for Tuesday, November 10th. It's been a while since I recorded an episode on Last Week in Health IT, so there's a few things to go over, so let's just get right into it. So the Meaningful Connections Community Platform is a new platform that's going to be aiming to unite global health and care communities during COVID-19. It's going to be providing uh, things like networking opportunities, online training, and different resources and tools. So if you don't know, the Meaningful Connections Community, it's a platform that empowers, enables, and supports learning and development while being part of an international network. Their focus is on connecting, learning, and supporting. It's pretty cool because it's one of the ones that's first of its kind. And it's designed to enable networking through, you know, sharing of ideas, information, experiences, and things like that all over the world. And especially with all the stuff that's happening with COVID-19, it provides a way that, you know, communities can grow and support each other through these challenges and through these changes. The next thing is that hospitals are tightening email security in response to a CEO spear phishing attempts. So through recent ransomware warnings from federal agencies, some hospital systems, like particularly Massachusetts Health Systems, have ramped up filtering for their external emails or temporarily blocking them together. And actually, even where I'm working right now, we have also ramped up our security as well. So the phishing emails claim to be from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services seeking information about COVID-19 stats. And it's just a continuation of all the threats against the U.S. healthcare system, where it's made worse with COVID-19 because now they're just using that as an excuse, another excuse to try to fish for information. So I guess I don't have to go into details about, you know, what are the strategies to prevent phishing. But um, again, it's just like one of those things, right, where you just got to be careful about the emails that you get. And I guess just be on alert if you're working in the health system with any suspicious emails, because this is happening and this is going to continue to happen. The next thing I want to talk about is how virtual care can keep pregnant patients safer from COVID-19. So it sounds a little bit counterintuitive, but telemedicine can actually help in being the bridge between a vulnerable pregnant person and their providers. So if you haven't heard this past week, the CDC actually mentioned that pregnant patients might be at risk for increased illness if they get COVID-19. So what they found with the telemedicine visit was that they were decreasing exposure and also decreasing the amount of time that the patient spends going to a visit. So something like four hours would now just be 30 minutes. And you also get the benefit of reducing the risk of COVID-19 exposure. Also, for telemedicine visits, it allows better adherence or following of that schedule of being seen. So it's actually better that you know these patients are seeing their providers more often and more frequently. Next thing I want to talk about is kind of cool. The Veterans Health Administration are going to be 3D printing medical devices. So they're expanding a partnership that they did earlier this year to make face masks and nasopharyngeal swabs that could be used, uh, you know, printed on production level equipment. They entered a contract with the South Carolina-based uh, 3D Systems to establish manufacturing facilities within their hospitals for the production of medical devices. So now they can streamline the supply chain and enhance personalized care for their patients. So there's going to be 3D printers installed at the VHA sites, and the company is going to be helping them install quality management systems. And this includes processes, documentation, and training. Um, all of these to be compliant with the medical device manufacturer. So like I said before, they first started this with just a face mask and swabs, but now they're actually going to be going on to a bigger expansion of that. All right, the next thing I want to talk about is EpicShare.org. So Epic is going to be launching a customer story sharing platform. 
and this will allow the ability to share creative ideas around patient care with others through this platform on epicshare.org. What's really cool too is that this is not very Epic specific. It's actually anybody who wants to share and learn. So what are people doing about like uh, catheterized infections? What are people doing about sleep apnea? What kind of like strategies are there? And you know, what can actually be shared to improve patient care? So there's not a lot of information readily available about this, but I guess we just have to keep on uh, keeping an eye out to see what epicshare.org is going to have to offer. Next thing I want to talk about is at the HIMSS and the Cleveland Clinic Patient Experience Digital Series, there are panelists that stress the importance of patient engagement and community connection as part of the continued response to COVID-19. So rapid innovation really depends on the patient co-design. You need to have the patient with you when you're developing these tools and products and innovations so that you can move forward quicker and more efficiently. The panelists actually talked about the importance of building trust between the patients and the caregivers especially those that were left behind by the medical system. So it becomes very important to include them as community members into leading the discussion around the innovation of patient care. One of the panelists stated that um, it's something that they really need to be taking away is that to deploy something and then get feedback and then be able to learn from it. And hopefully you're not just deploying something before you talk to your patients about it. And the last thing I want to mention is the UK is going to be using artificial intelligence for COVID-19 vaccine side effects. So a software company called Genpack UK, they've been paid uh, 1.5 million pounds for an AI tool that will be used for processing the adverse reactions of COVID-19 vaccines. And the point of this is to make sure that no details are missed. The payment was made by the Medicines and Healthcare Regulatory Authority as they're working on a widespread inoculation program for the months ahead for the vaccines. So the vaccines that are being developed are mRNA and chimpanzee adenovirus, and they're pretty new. So it's really hard to predict how that's going to be really affecting humans on a grand scale and, you know, everyone's immune system. So that's why they have to have this tool in place. And if you'd like to hear more healthcare IT news, check out healthcareitnews.com. That's where I get my daily healthcare IT news to keep myself updated in that world. All right. If you like our show, please share with your friends. Or you can help us out by writing a review on Apple Podcasts or any of your other favorite podcasting services. You can also check us out on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or LinkedIn. And you can also reach out to me at Tony at PharmacyITME.com. If you want to network, you can check out the Pharmacist Select group at PharmacistConnect.com, which is P-H-A-R-M-A-C-I-S-T-S-C-O-N-N-E-C-T.com. There's different topic channels, including informatics, and I've met some great colleagues on there. And I look forward to connecting with you as well. Thank you again for listening, and I'll see you on the next episode of Pharmacy IT and Me. And remember, technology is a tool. Patient care is the goal.